we've got to really think about all of our income and how often it happens. Because when we work out our, how much we want to earn for the year, we do have to think about how much we're actually working. So when we're looking at it, we do need to look at our numbers. We do need to look at what's going on with our books and how we can work our books out over the time that we work. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How the devil are you? Now, you may have listened to our last podcast, and in that one, I talked to Emily Banks, and we talked about mentors and money and business mentoring. And it made me suddenly realize that I don't actually use zero. I use a different system, but very similar, and I did use zero for a long time. I do use Stripe, you know, and I do check my numbers, right? So it's really important that we check our numbers, that we have a look at least as a minimum once a week to see what's happening with our numbers and what's going on with them. Now, within Stripe, you've got a reports overview, and that's really interesting. It tells you your gross volume in comparison to last year, you know, what was going on. So we need to see when we look at our gross volume, we do want to compare to what was going on last year, but we also have to take into account like this year, I'm behind. I'm earning less this year than I was last year but I didn't work in January and I was away in November which means I wasn't promoting for this year at the beginning of this year so it is understandable that I have a lower return in my first quarter now I don't want that to continue do I I want to earn as much if not more than I earned last year so I need to be on top of my numbers so that I can check what's working for me and what's not working for me all right. So within your Stripe, and if you are with Zero, then you can see it within Zero or whichever system you're using. You can make sure that you understand what your annual recurring revenue, your ARR, is, because that's the amount a customer pays annually. All right. So we want to know what that is. We want to know what our MRR is, which is our monthly recurring revenue, because that's what the customer pays us not just annually, which is the ARR, but they pay us on a monthly basis. Now, that's not just one person. We're talking about all of our customers here. So we've got to really think about all of our income and how often it happens. Because when we work out how much we want to earn for the year, we do have to think about how much we're actually working. So I took November off. So that's four weeks. You know, I always take some of July off. This year, I've got some of June and July off and it looks like I might be away in August. So I'm not working 52 weeks of the year. So when I think about my monthly recurring revenue, I also have to think about that squished up (laughs) or 
spread out to my annual recurring revenue. All right. Now, I am not an accountant. I am not the one who can give you financial advice. These are only things that I've learned over time. You need to go and get real financial advice from an accountant or from someone. You may have a friend who's into this who can help you out if you can't afford an accountant. Your bookkeeper should be able to help you out with some of these numbers. My bookkeeper sends me a review of my return. And it's pretty confronting when I get it because I always spend too much money and I'm not paying myself enough and putting it into my mortgage. I'm buying things. And I know that's one of my problems. So, you know, I don't spend it on shoes anymore because, well, I work from home, so I don't need lots of new shoes. But I do buy courses and trainings and apps and tech stuff all the time. And so I have to know how much I'm earning to be able to buy these things that I enjoy having and these systems that I want and still make money. So what we also want to know is the lifetime value of a customer, you know, and it's important to understand how much you can spend to attract a customer. So when we think about the lifetime value of our customer, we're thinking about how much they spend over their lifetime. And that can be told to you through your Stripe report. Okay, because we want to know how much is the average of that customer? How much does it cost us to get that customer. So if we've got Facebook ads going and we work out our Facebook ads and every customer, you know, we spend have spent $5,000 in adverts on Facebook to get one customer and our average customer spend is $2,000, then we're losing $3,000, aren't we? If we're spending $5 per customer and their average spend is $1,000, then great. What's our customer acquisition cost? It's $5 per customer. So this is an area where many businesses get in trouble as they spend too much to attract those customers, you know, and they think, oh, I'll just make that up later. But we can't make things up later. It's like me buying something else. I can't necessarily return it. You can't return a lot of tech stuff. You can't return courses that you buy because once you've opened them, you're in there. So we really have to think, is this this amount of money, how much is it costing me to get them? How much trouble is it costing me to get them? Maybe it takes you all week to create your Facebook advert that then um, spends $2,000 and gets you no one, or it takes you five minutes to create a Facebook advert and then it costs $5 and that person then spends $1,000 with you. So we do have to look at our costs. We do have to look at how much it costs us to gain clients and where we're gaining them from because it might be that you spend a lot of money on Facebook advertising and you get no one. And then you think, you know what, I might just try a little bit because I create recipes and I take photographs of everything I cook. So and I put them onto Pinterest. So maybe I'll try some Pinterest advertising. But we have to understand that Pinterest advertising is actually slow burn advertising. It's very different and that that is the algorithm is very different, but it is still a major search engine. So it might be that neither of those make you a return even over the time you use them. And then you drop $10 on a Google advert and hey presto, you've got people coming in the door. So it is about trying things out, but not spending a lot of money to do so. All right. Now I am no advertising, like paid advertising expert. I can tell you that, but I have done enough of it in my time to know that I want to see a return and I want value and I want to be able to work out 
my value per client, how much it's cost me to gain each client and whether or not there is a return in that. Sometimes when we're doing something like Facebook advertising, we might just be doing it to get our name out there. So a couple of years back, I wrote my story. So in the academy, we talk about writing your story so that people understand who you are. They know where you're coming from, what your values are, why, you know, why you're doing what you're doing and all of the background behind you. So there's a lot of information on creating your story in the academy. But then I advertised my story. Now that had a huge reach. Now I got followers from that. The point of it was not to sell anything. So there was no, what I spent was what I spent on increasing my followers. So how much, so that's what we need to know. How much did it cost me to gain those followers? And did ultimately, did those followers then buy anything from me? So that's harder to work out because sometimes when we're advertising, we're advertising to people to just say, hey, I'm here, come and find me because you're a cold audience. We want to turn you into a warm audience within our group and then turn you into a hot audience and get you buying off me. So we've got to know what our figures are and how much it costs to get each client. Now, something that because I have a membership, the Academy is a membership, so you can buy, um, you can pay once at the beginning of the year and then you actually get extra time with me, you get an extra appointment with me and you get a month free. So it's worth paying once. But lots of people pay monthly and they've been paying monthly since I started it a few years ago. And the thing about people, memberships in general, is they have what's called a churn rate, a high churn rate. Now I have a very low churn rate in my academy because I spend a lot of time in there. I talk to people, I check on people, people get one-to-ones with me, which in most memberships you don't get. That's not a normal membership. Normally it's recorded stuff. There's Facebook group, you'd watch something in a Facebook group, whereas people get that opportunity to be with me, talking to me directly and asking me questions. So we've got to think about our churn rate and we can still think about it. So for an academy, for a membership, it's my churn rate is very low because people have been with me a very long time, but we still have a churn rate with our one-to-one clients. And this is what I talk about all the time, you know, in the confident consulting webinar that I do in the mini trainings that I do when we talk finding your flow, that is all about the churn rate of the one-to-one client because we want to keep them. You know, it's the number of customers you lose during a specific period. So I look at everything quarterly rather than monthly because I do take those holidays that are within certain quarters. So I tend to look at things quarterly rather than monthly because last year I took some, you know, I took July, whereas this year I'm taking some of June. So if I, I can't compare the month's of July last year to the month of July this year. And I certainly can't compare June, So, but if I compare the quarter. So because acquiring new customers is expensive, we've got to advertise for them. We've got to work hard for them. We might have that one-to-one conversation with them. We've got all of the things that happen when it comes to acquiring that client, all of that social media activity you do, creating all those Canva posts and all the rest of it. So it's almost always cheaper to keep a client than it is to add new customers. Now we all want new customers. We all want new customers, but we have to look after our current customers. And what are you doing to look after your current customers? How are you encouraging them to come back to you? Because we don't want them to disappear. So when I started out, we I'd discharge people. I'd say, you know, I've helped you solve your problem. We've dealt with, you know, your bad guts or whatever it is. And, you know, and now I don't need to see you anymore. I've discharged you. And, you know, when I look at that now, (laughs) that's really foolish because those people will have new problems. You know, um, I work with a lot of 50, 60 year olds. So they're they're going into a time when other things are changing. I might have fixed their guts, but they're heading into a, you know, the part of their life. How do you word that? The 
portion of their life where you know the cut we need to look after our heart we need to look after our lungs more where you know we're more susceptible to things going wrong broken bones so how am I making sure that they remember that I exist to come back to me because I know them well so even when you're niched in something you can generally once you know that person you can help other aspects of them it might be that they come back to you and they have something rare or something you totally don't do I don't see clients with cancer so maybe that client I fix their guts and I stay in contact with them I have regular checkups with them and then they come back to me and they say I've got cancer then they would appreciate my referral you know referring them to somebody that I trust and they would love that because they would trust the person they are going to because they trusted me and that referral would mean a lot to them and that increases you know their love of me and mine of them and again reduces my churn rate because you know they sort out the cancer something else happens they'll come back to you all right so we really need to be conscious of how often we're discharging people or they're dropping off our books and that we're following up with them because we don't want to lose them as a customer now renewal rate this is the number of customers who renew the product when renewal comes so the higher this rate the lower your churn rate so when we think about our renewal rate that is they're coming back for their reviews maybe you have a standardized review practice where you see people every six months Um, it might just be a telephone call but following people up every six months means that they will renew yes their acquaintance but they might also be purchasing something from you at that point they might be renewing a membership they might be purchasing a product from you that they haven't purchased for six months even though it's something that is really good for them and they know they need so that's part of that churn rate is that renewal rate so the churn is kind of them they're the ones you lose whereas renewal are the ones who are coming back and then sales funnel conversion rates so the higher the conversion rate within the funnel the more closed customers and the lower the customer acquisition cost is so we've got to be we've got to make sure that if we have a funnel in place so we are advertising to people and they find out about us and then they come onto our list so onto our email list and then we're emailing them and we're encouraging them to book in and they book in with us or maybe they don't what's happened there what's wrong with our funnel maybe the funnel itself is actually broken and it's a technical thing and they didn't receive email number three maybe it's something you put in their email wrong there could be something obvious or it could be something less obvious in that you've got a spelling mistake in there and the people that who happen to have found your website are all grammar geeks or something so it could be something technical but it could be the wording within there or it might be that you're just not asking them to book that appointment you're not giving them the value that they would like to see and that they would appreciate so when we're looking at it we do need to look at our numbers we do need to look at what's going on with our books and how we can work our books out over the time that we work remembering that we don't work 52 weeks a year and we don't work seven days a week so when we're working out our numbers we're working them out to the number of weeks a year that we work so if you want to earn forty thousand dollars a year how many weeks are you going to be oh, i'm working 40 weeks a year i want to earn forty thousand dollars a year easy enough to work out how much you have to earn each week for to be each month to earn your forty thousand dollars so what are you going to do within that time to make sure that you make that money and you have those clients coming back 
All right. I think it's some of these things are really important. So, you know, when I was talking to Emily, she was discussing the different types of mentoring. And some people are all about, you know, the emotional you, the spiritual you. And that is so not me. When you mentor with me, you get a list of jobs that you have to go and do before I see you next time. And because those are the things that people haven't realized they need to do or they've been putting off and they need a kick up the pants to do. put it politely so anyway so I just thought you know because we touched on the mentoring aspect last time with Emily it'd be a really good idea if this time we talked about those numbers and how important it is to have statistics at your fingertips and I've got mine through Stripe and through my bookkeeper and if you're using zero then you will have them through your zero um it's really important that you are getting proper business advice from accountants and from people who are good at that bit, who can help you structure from the first moment so you structure correctly. So, I mean, it might be you shouldn't be a solo trader. You shouldn't have signed up as that because of the way your family works. It might be better that you're in a family trust. These are the things that you need to talk with talk around and with your accountant and your financial advisor so that they're really specific for you and you get the right advice for you and your business and your home and your life and then you're able to work out how much should I be earning what is everything costing me what is my baseline so I've got some simple spreadsheets in the academy for people to work out their baseline but you really need to take proper financial advice and work it out properly from day one it's like you know, we talked about using the right systems. You know, we both use Halaxy. Whichever system you choose, and there's some really good ones, you know, Simple Clinic, Practice Better. Um, there's all sorts of ones out there. And whichever one you choose has to be legally compliant because it has to store notes. But, you know, it's easier to start with a system and stick with it so that you know it really well and you don't have to change down the line because you were, like I had to change from paper to an online system thankfully I had that all completed up and running and was very happy with it by October 2019 because I love to write I've got I write everywhere I have a desk blotter that's covered in words I have journals next to me I write things down so that's obviously my era you know but I'm pretty techy these days so I had to get everything online so that I would be able to work with my clients online And thankfully, I was up and, you know, I was online anyway, doing all of my mentoring stuff. But it meant that I was up and running and smoothly going. And I'm not going to change. It doesn't matter. You know, people say, oh, this system, that system. I'm going to stick with the system I've got and it does work for me. But when we change, we have to be prepared for the time it takes to change from one system to another or to move on to a system in the first place. I actually employed someone to get all of my notes up onto Halaxy. I just thought I haven't got time. I haven't got energy. And if I, because I've been trying to do it for years, and I thought if I just keep trying to do it, this just isn't going to happen. It can't happen. I don't have the energy, the brain space or the time to do this. Whereas if I'd already started at the beginning putting my clients onto a system, I wouldn't then have been trying to figure it out at the beginning, you know, end of 2018, beginning of 2019. So let's think about some systems. Sit down. What are your systems? How are you emailing clients? How are you storing their notes? How are you taking their money? How are you booking their appointments in? And how do these all all of these things flow? It's really important that the client has, it's a speed opportunity to fill everything in with you, to find, to pay, to fill out your intake form, which should 
include the consent form and any other forms you need in there so they've paid they fill out the form they pick or they pick their appointment then they fill out the form and that all flows through so that you have that information ready to go when you see them now I don't I ask them at the bottom of the consent form please bring any bloods with you you might have but I'm going to decide at that first or the second appointment what bloods I want what things any tests or whatever it is analyses that I'm going to need after I've seen them because I've made that right back in in the beginning I was sending out all of the information at that very before I even saw them and I'd have people cancelling because I was overwhelming them with too much information for them to fill out I was asking too much of them when I didn't know them and it was too confronting for them and also they'd put off that first appointment while they were going off getting these tests and things done and I want to see them whether or not I've got those analysis or test results because we can do a lot with food we don't know they might have a needle phobia we don't know they might have an eating disorder and asking them to fill out a food diary is too confronting for them so we need to meet these people build that rapport build that trust know what our finances are doing how much it's costing us to see them how much it costs us to get that client in the door and how much it's costing us to keep them all right and there's other things outside of you know straight advertising like this podcast now realistically you look at the podcast it costs me money it's just cost me money I don't make any money on my podcast okay I don't have advertising on my podcast I haven't looked I can do advertising on my podcast if I wanted to I could look for sponsors of my podcast I have not done so I have chosen to pay for the podcast so I have someone who edits it and puts it up for me so I pay to have this out into the world so now what is my ROI on this is this worth it yes I think it is because people who talk to me say I love your podcast Geraldine I listened to your podcast that podcast was really helpful I really liked it when you talked to that person etc etc so financially it cost me money but ultimately I believe for me because I'm a talker it's I'm a handwriter not not a blog typist and a talker it is bringing people in or getting people to know me better and closer to me that's not to say a podcast is perfect for you it might be it might be give it a go if you think it is especially if you're techie and you can do it yourself but think about where is the money coming from how am I using it what's it going towards and how much of it comes in on a regular basis understanding our spreadsheets will help us in the long run Okay, so I hope this has been helpful. It was just something that sparked after speaking with Emily that I thought, oh, maybe we should go down this road a little bit and talk about some of these things and have a bit of a thought, have a bit of a play with what are my systems? Are they working? Do I need to change them? How can I change them within what I do? Because it might be you've been using a system for a really long time and you haven't got the time or the energy to change it just like it took me forever to change from paper to computer but you might be on a system it's like this isn't really working but how can we make it work without you having to go through the whole gamut of changing to an online practice system how can we make it flow for you that works for you I mean this is what I do in my 90 day program when I talk to people we work out their systems and how they can make things flow for them specifically in what they do they get access to the academy they get access to the next level groups to the immersion groups and and we really nut out how to work things for them that work best so I'm going to leave you with that I hope this has helped I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear what you thought about today's program um, email me 
Geraldine at mentoringwithgeraldine.biz and leave a review. That would be lovely too. Preferably a five-star one. Somebody really rudely left a one-star one, which has dropped my rating. So, um, but some people are like that, keyboard warriors and all of that. So I would love to hear from you and I would love to know how this has helped you and what you have gained by listening to my podcasts. So have an absolutely brilliant rest of day and I look forward to speaking to you on the next cast. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.